2: It's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Blue Show, only on The Fan.
1: Live from 680 The Fan Studios, in the Battery Atlantis, The Buck Blue Show. Here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Derek Thomas, DT, you're ready to roll. Our engineer and producer today, Road Dog Out on this Monday morning. And no Heath Klein. Great of Heath to uh, slip in and hang out with us last week. That was a lot of fun. So it's just me and DT today as we get this week started. And no, it is not Super Bowl week. Be patient. Wait, wait. We're going to have that off week this week.
3: No, it's Pro Bowl week, Buck. Aren't you excited about the Pro Bowl? <laughs> no, it's called the Pro Bowl games yes, now. Yeah, the <laughs> Pro Bowl festivities schedule for this week. I mean, to me,
1: that has fallen below the NBA All-Star game.
3: <laughs> the NBA All-Star game is way I mean, more intriguing. a real joke, these Pro Bowl games.
1: I'm just saying. So a uh, another busy weekend, man. How about you, DT? What's going on with the foot? Oh, all good. You went to the doctor, got it checked out again? Yeah, it just let it heal. I didn't see the boot on it.
3: Time. Oh, yeah, we're fine. Just protecting it.
1: Boy, another busy weekend with wrestling for us. We were at the North Metro Invitational over the weekend at Brookwood High School. Saw a lot of great wrestlers. It's been a busy wrestling season for you guys. Oh. Yeah, I tell you, the wrestling season, as it winds down, we're barely surviving. Straight from high school football the very next day right into high school wrestling, man. It is uh, glorious being a dad and a husband. I am so blessed. And just trying to survive at this point in time in many ways. But what do you say we get started with the big take? Bucks. Big. Take. Big news, folks. Taylor Swift is going to the Super Bowl. So get ready for plenty of close-up luxury box shots and countless Travis Kelsey Super Bowl commercials. It's going to be the Chiefs and the 49ers. And this just in, the Niners are favored by two and a half. The Chiefs underdogs? Hey, be careful with that one. Mahomes could be magical, and Shanahan might accidentally leave his game plan behind at the media days, so look out for that one. Remember that? And no, my conspiracy theory on the Super Bowl matchup did not age well, as they say on social media these days. But look, I, uh, I still believe there's a possibility it's still rigged. I just had the wrong team getting in. It was the Chiefs the NFL wanted in, not the Ravens. Zay Flowers flexed and posed once and got flagged after the biggest play of the game. Kelsey was taunted. He was taunting uh, in pregame and then the entire game, and Kelsey never got hit with a penalty one time. A real instigator. Nothing ever happened. How do you explain that? And that NFC title game sure took a big swing. The NFL must have must have been frightened when the Lions jumped out to that twenty-four to seven halftime lead. Then the Niners came storming back, thanks to a couple of boneheaded go-for-it fourth-down calls by Coach Dan Bite Their Kneecaps Campbell. Kick the field goals, dummy. Fixed. Rigged. Maybe, maybe not. But it sure makes for great sports talk radio. It sure does. Hey, The Big Take brought to you by Deco Systems. Heating and air, keeping Atlanta comfortable, one home at a time. More information there at com. So, yeah, I had the wrong team as far as the rig thing goes. With the colors of the Super Bowl logo, I had that one wrong. And I should have known all along they wanted... Tay-Tay and Kelsey in the big game. And so that's what we're going to get. We'll see what's popping out there as we get started today. Let's find out what's popping. Yeah, what's popping is the aftermath of the two championship games. Well, I tell you, the uh, 49ers-Lions game, uh, good Lord. So it's 24-7 to Lions at halftime. And the 49ers win the second half 27-7. to Talk about a tale of two halves. And the, uh, the Lions were taking it to him early in the game, man. They were victimizing that Niners defense. First half, the Lions ran for 150 yards. Knocking them off the ball, creating running lanes, getting big plays left and Right. And then you had the 49ers making some really good adjustments, I believe, probably at halftime defensively as they came out and stopped the Lions to start the second half, four straight stops to start the second half. And a lot of talk about the Niners' offense getting going, not enough talk about the Niners' defense laying the hammer down early in that second half. Uh, Purdy... Now, I'd stop doubting Brock Purdy with the comebacks, two straight games in the playoffs, and it wasn't just his arm. Made some really tight throws, but also pulled that sucker down and ran with it a couple of times for some really big plays. Purdy, 20 of 31 for 267. Really impressed with Shanahan getting that ball to Debo, who was out there playing hurt. He touched it 11 times. In the game, you can see him grimacing most every time he took a shot. 11 touches, 96 yards. And McCaffrey doing his thing a little bit, too, mostly in the second half. He goes for 20 and 90. Two scores, caught four balls. So McCaffrey touching it 24 times in the game. I wish we could do uh, Bajon Robinson like that, Zach Robinson. Who cares? Coming up next season uh, for the Falcons. But uh, we'll save that for another day. Then the uh, Niners, I was thinking, okay, I've I've got the Niners minus the seven and a half. So they're up 10 late in the fourth quarter and played prevent defense and let them drive down the field and score. Oh, well. So the Chiefs now they win the AFC and they advance to the Super Bowl four times in the last five years. Ravens become the first team to lose a conference game in 20 years when they hold the opponent to 17 points or less. KC starting fast, two possessions, two touchdowns. Mahomes was blessed with a clean pocket most of the game. And that Kansas City defense not getting enough uh, credit for the job they did. Uh, Pressuring Lamar, tight coverage, playing the run tough. And I'm hearing a lot of talking on Sports Talk Radio about how the Ravens uh, and Todd Munkin, just a terrible job play calling in the game. KC, they put eight in the box. They said, you know what? You're not going to beat us running the football. So let's see you throw the football. And then the criticism I've got of Lamar Jackson was holding the ball way too long in the pocket. Way too long. Staring down that first primary receiver. Way too long. And by that time... You had pressure on Lamar, and give Kansas City credit. They do as good a job as anybody I've seen in the NFL this year in the secondary of covering up receivers. Not a lot of open receivers running around out there. And Zay Flowers, dude, what are you doing out there? What are you doing? So the game's hanging in the balance. Uh, Ravens trying to hang in there, make a game of it. Down 17-7 in the third quarter. They hit the big play with Zay Flowers getting down the field vertically. And he gets tackled. A luxurious Sneed gets him down on the ground. And it looked like to me Sneed was, even after the play was blown dead, Sneed was, was uh, grabbing a hold of his leg. And so he had to push Sneed off of him, which I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. But then he stood up above him and uh, stood over him and flexed and taunted and got that big personal foul right there that was just huge. And four plays later, he fumbles right at the goal line. Say, Flowers, what are you doing, man? Costing your team perhaps a a chance of getting in the big game. Joe Burrow, by the way, on social uh, media, Joe Burrow saying, let him taunt, man, what's the problem? So you can do all the celebration after a touchdown, but you're not allowed to do any taunting after a play during. Uh, not in the end zone. You can't do any taunting there. Uh, Burrow saying, let him taunt, man. And Roquan Smith, I'm going to give him a shout-out regardless of whether they won or lost. 16 tackles in the game the most during championship weekend. And, and you see him take that shot on first and five, first and five late in the fourth quarter you had the chiefs now looking to get a first down run out the clock so there's a penalty made it first down and five chances are uh, they would get the first down in a first down and five situation so he's
3: cleaned somebody's clock (laughs) it looked like i was wondering if he kind of did that on purpose because it looked like he was trying to start the play but it worked out got them the the fresh set of downs
1: exactly
3: Uh cleaned somebody's clock man so
1: there you go. Chiefs and 49ers coming up Sunday, February the 11th. 49ers a two-and-a-half-point favorite. These teams are built differently. You know, you've got the Chiefs. They're paying their quarterback like a boo-koodles full of money. And, and, and they should. And best quarterback in football, Patrick Mahomes. But because of that, they got to go young and cheap and other position groups on the team because they're paying the quarterback so much money. Now, you look at the 49ers, they've gone young and cheap at the quarterback position, so they're able to pay big money to other stars elsewhere across the board on offense and defense. Like, you know, Debo's getting paid. You got that defensive line highly paid over there on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, already looking forward to the Super Bowl, man. We're going to have to wait a minute because it's going to be like uh, a two-week wait to get that together right now Niners look like a, overall a more talented team got some matchup advantages I think but uh, when you got Mahomes and that magic and and don't underestimate too the genius of Andy Reid game planning Spagnolo on that defensive side does a great job they might have a slight edge coaching wise there as we look ahead it's a super uh, the Super Bowl Two-week wait. I hate it with the two-week wait. 13 days, Buck. It'll be... And i tell you what. I hate it now. We're going to... You know what we're going to do? We're going to
3: be talking about it
1: this week. Yeah, we are going to talk about And Taylor. I know what you're going to say. You and Road Dogg going to say, hold on. You're going to talk it out
3: before next week even shows up. we got to talk about Usher. we got a lot to talk about, Buck.
1: Hey, you can listen to 680 many ways. 680 AM, 93.7 FM. We're streaming at 680thefan.com. You can actually do that and click and watch the show when we're in studio. And then also the fan mobile app driven by Beaver Toyota of coming Beaver direct fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. Falcons talk next. What is our new coach up to? He's been busy. I'll tell you what's going on. You got the blue show here on the fans 680 and 93. 7.
0: spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats.
4: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: Right. Got the Buck Palooz Show here on the Fans 680 and 93.7. How about the boys on that locker room show today? That was locker room light this morning. I thought maybe they had locked the doors to the locker room. Only two of those guys showing up for work today. Home team and John Michaels holding down the fort until Finn and Joe Ham can get back in. No, 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 no. Of course, they take it 6 to 10. I'm on 10 to 11. You got Cellini and Domino, 11 to 2. Matt and Chuck from 2 to 6. And that is our lineup here on 680 The Fan. And the locker room show, you might want to pay close attention to their show this week because they are giving away five trips to Sandals, Dunn's River, Jamaica. Jamaica, Mon. And to get qualified to win one of these five trips, you simply check out the 680 The Fan social media accounts at Facebook, Instagram, and X. Before the show or during the show. And then you can tune into the locker room each weekday. And when prompted, be the first caller and correctly identify the key word of the day. And then you're qualified to win the trip, to experience the turquoise waters, the unlimited dining and luxurious accommodations. Compliments of our friends at Sandals Res- Resorts. Doesn't it make you want to go, DT? Man, I'm telling you. So take a minute each weekday morning, get the sandals Dunn's River keyword of the day on Facebook, Instagram, and X, and listen to the locker room for your chance to enter and win. Now, you got to be 21 or older or a legal resident of Georgia to get in there and have some fun and win that sucker. we got five of them they're giving away. We don't have anything to give away on our show this week, but we will talk Falcons football.
2: Dirty Birds are in our blood. And guys like Buck know what's happening in the huddle. Let's dive into Falcons football
1: on The Fan. Yeah, let's talk a little Falcons football, man. Uh, we, We gave you a heads up on this last week. Raheem Morris got the nod as the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. And I was checking with some of my NFL sources, trusted. And told you that first day in that Zach Robinson would be the offensive coordinator and guess what happened over the weekend Raheem Morris named Zach Robinson the offensive coordinator I'm telling you man you can count on the Buck show for some of this inside skinny now you got Raheem looking searching trying to secure a new a defensive coordinator And this is one of the things I like about Raheem Morris. You know, a lot of these guys, these candidates that interviewed Arthur Blank was considering were these young coordinator types, whether it was offense or defense. And they were going to continue to call the offense or defenses, even when they were the head coach. I prefer that the head coach is being the head coach. I'm just saying. So, love the hire of Zach Robinson, the passing game coordinator, quarterback coach under McKay, um, McVay out in L.A. with the Rams coaching up Matt Stafford. I think he'll do an outstanding job as the offensive coordinator running that hybrid West Coast scheme with the outside zone run, play-action pass. He's going to do fine. A little concerned about the defensive coordinator thing, though going on. Apparently Raheem's looking at several different candidates, one of which is the fired Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator. Sean DeSay, I think his name is, 40 years old. Not sure how to pronounce that. But i tell say what the Eagles defense spiraled out of control midseason on. He was stripped of the play calling in Philadelphia. They promoted Matt Patricia to come in and finish. He was bad, too. He couldn't stop the spiraling out of control. Eagles uh, defensively, number 30 in points allowed. I'm not sure I want this dude coming in to be the defensive coordinator. Now, that Averro guy that has uh, been bouncing around a little bit, defensive coordinator in the National Football League, and Falcons gave him like a second follow-up interview to be the head coach. Gyro Averro, you may have heard of him. Well, he was on the staff in L.A. <clears throat> with the Rams with Raheem. He was the safety coach. And Raheem was the defensive coordinator, so they've got a really close working relationship. Uh, if Averro doesn't get one of these remaining head jobs, let's bring him on in here. He's got a great reputation. But look, I think Raheem's going to handle the defensive coordinator thing. I'm not really concerned or worried about that part of the deal. I mean, the next big decision, the big decision, is going to be what the Falcons do at quarterback. Because you, you're going nowhere
3: unless you got a quarterback, and we don't have a quarterback. Guys, ask you a question? Just to clear up what you just said, you talked about Raheem. I, obviously, he's going to have his hands in defense. You don't, do you believe he'll be the defensive coordinator? Will he be no. calling? Yeah, he's not going to be calling no, the plays. he's going to be, be the head coach in the man. game plan, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And if you're hiring one of these dudes that have been the defensive coordinator, then they would be the defensive coordinator here. And so that's what I really think set Raheem apart from some of the most of these other candidates was he's going to be the head coach. He's got head coaching experience. He's going to be the head coach, and as a head coach. You monitor during the week the game planning going into the game on Sunday. So you know exactly what Zach Robinson's planning on doing offensively. You know exactly what your defensive coordinator is going to do play by play, situation by situation, defensively. And then you're coaching them through it as far as uh, any adjustments you need to make on the spot. You're going to coach them through that. That's why you got that headset on, talking to both of them. But really, you're focused on your head coaching duties, which I really like that part. But look, the big thing, and we're going to be talking a lot about it on this show, and I'm sure the uh, boys on the other shows are going to be talking about it, too. Who will be the Falcons quarterback in 2024 and moving forward? I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to shake down. I mean, you're sitting there with the eighth pick in the first round. Now, it looks like, you know, quarterbacks could go one, two, three in the draft. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, one, two, three. So if you want one of those dudes, man, you're going to have to move up to get him. Personally, I like Jaden Daniels. But uh, we'll see what Raheem Fontenot and those guys come up with. I mean, personally, if you stayed at eight, you, you didn't want to give up all that draft. All those first-round picks it's going to take to move up. Uh, maybe Kyle Pitts, you got to dump him in the deal, too. I'm not sure what what that's going to... Uh, all you're going to have to give up to get up to the top three is going to be a haul. Treasure chest, for sure. But... um. If you had to stay at eight, I'd say I'm a big fan of Penix Jr., and I know a lot of people aren't, but I am. And I think what he does, he does better than those three guys I just brought up, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. What Penix does better is identify coverage post-snap. What Penix does better is to work through the progressions quickly. What Penix does better is maneuver inside the pocket and what Penix does better is throwing an accurate football. So I love that about Penix Jr. I mean Falcons could be looking at trading with Chicago and getting Justin Fields in here. I would love to have a cup of coffee with Raheem Morris and pick his brain on there. Hey, what do you think about Justin Fields? Huh? You like him? What are you thinking? And then you could uh, hit free agency, and I think that'd be foolish, really. Trying to bring in Kirk Cousins by paying him like $40 million a year to come be the quarterback for a couple of years. Russell Wilson, that's not an option as I see it. So, yeah, that's going to be the next big deal. I know the defensive coordinator thing, everybody's looking, uh, waiting to see what Raheem does there, but that pales in comparison to what we're going to do at quarterback. So keep an eye on that, brother. That's going to be big. Let's get to a top five.
2: The best in college football and the NFL. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one, one. top five presented by your locally owned and operated ace hardware find your neighborhood store at AceHardware.com.
1: let's bring on amanda swartz our social media director who's wearing like a kentucky hat today what's, <laughs>
5: i thought you what's might going notice on? that what? I, I went to grad school at kentucky oh so, did you really yeah, wow so i'm so a fan
1: so you're a big fan of the wildcat basketball program i sure am yeah why wouldn't you be exactly yeah Looks good on you. Thank you. All right, I'm ready. You're going to quiz me on a Monday. Let's roll.
5: All right, here we go. Number one, did you miss Terry Bradshaw yesterday?
1: Went on the Fox pregame, and then, you know, they had the trophy presentation that he missed. Terry was feeling poorly yesterday. He was ill. And so Michael Strahan stepped in. You may have seen that pro- a trophy presentation. And I'll tell you what, Strahan, uh, you could tell he was sort of a rookie doing that. He was loud, man. He was screaming into that microphone. He misspoke a couple of times. He didn't even know the score to the game. Must not have been paying attention. And then what really annoyed me was they had Joe Montana on the stage to present the 49ers brass and Coach Shanahan with the, the trophy you get for winning the NFC championship. And basically strahan reduced joe montana to a prop he basically just joe just just stood there i mean this is joe montana shouldn't he be allowed to say something my goodness strahan so hopefully terry's going to be back soon but yes i did miss terry Mm -hmm. he is such a jokester i really like having him on that boring pregame show they have
5: yeah i agree all right number two Pro Bowl games or the
1: Winter X Games? Man, I'm going Winter X Games, and I saw a little bit. I believe it was Friday night. I saw the knuckle huck, which was amazing on Friday night. Uh, It's like a 20-minute jam session is what it is, where you get these stylish tricks with eight athletes coming down the slope one at a time, and they're doing these stylish tricks. And, you know, they got the music playing, so it's a jam session. That is so much better. It was in Aspen, by the way, the Winter X Games going on. And the Pro Bowl games, as they call it now, what do they have, dodgeball? I mean, seriously? This is hands down the Winter X Games way better than the Pro Bowl game. Dodgeball?
5: People take their dodgeball seriously. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> what a joke that's turned into me. <laughs>
5: All right. Number three. Is the Joker concerned about the new kid on the block?
1: Who, center? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joker should be, man. Center took him down. And then center, you know, I know the Australian Open going on, and it's happening, happening in the middle of the night here in the States, but I'm hooked on tennis, mm-hmm. and I have been since I was at Georgia. Amanda because we had the NCAA championships coming to Athens oh wow when I was at Georgia mm-hmm. so we saw the best players uh, nationally uh, every single year yeah. in the national championship uh, basically so both the team and the individual so I got hooked on tennis yeah at Georgia and loved it ever since Center I might think about changing the last name if I was him.
5: Oh, okay. I Good mean, point. come on, Sinner? Yeah.
1: I mean, does anybody want to be center?
5: <laughs>
1: yeah, he seems what, like a nice young man. He does. He is. Uh, he's an Italian. And how about center? He left home when he was 14 years old to chase his tennis dream. Oh, wow. Uh, left home, left mom and dad, went to a tennis academy at 14. Wow. And uh, look at him now, brother, taking down... What looks to be the greatest tennis player ever in Djokovic. Mm-hmm. and Djokovic. Uh, and center down 0-2 in sets in the finals to Medvedev. And then come comes back to win his first Grand Slam title. Center 22. It doesn't look like he's going to be going anywhere anytime yep. soon. Uh, Djokovic, pay attention, man. Your reign might be over here.
5: Yep. All right. Number four. Drop the name of a weak and sensitive fan base and don't say Kentucky.
1: (laughs) A weak and sensitive fan base. I'm going to go Texas. I mean, did you see the BYU thing over the weekend? So you got some of the students at BYU. Texas is going to play BYU in basketball. Mm -hmm. And some of the students show up and they've got horns down T-shirts on. Mm. And now... uh, Texas is so sensitive when it comes down to, to the horns down thing. I mean, it really hurts their feelings. And there's no feelings in big-time college athletics. Come on, man. And so, look, BYU, I guess, they're hearing these complaints coming over from Texas. And and their, their uh, bosses go over there and tell the kids, you got to take the T-shirts off. Oh, wow. Horns down. Now, do you, Amanda? Do you find that offensive?
5: Not in the slightest. I think it would
1: rile me up. I think they're way too sensitive. Yeah. Um, and I just can't wait to see what happens as Texas joins the SEC in the uh, the, later this year. Oh yeah. I mean, you think that a couple of T-shirts is going to have them crying? Wait until they get some of the treatment in the SEC. Yeah. They better man up. Because, brother, they're going to be taunted once they hit the SEC road. Come on, man. Quit being so sensitive with that stuff. Mm -hmm.
5: They've just given everyone some more ammo, too.
1: Yeah, no doubt. They're only making it worse. Right. Horns down.
5: (laughs) All right. And number five, reveal your play of the weekend.
1: The play of the weekend. Wow. Well, i tell you what. The kid for the Ravens that... Yeah, you know, really blew the game for them. Zay Flowers uh, considered him, but I'm going with, you know, I love golf too. And so I was all over the PGA Tour event that wrapped up on Saturday. And this Frenchman, uh, Pavon is his name, became the first French professional to win on the PGA Tour. Oh, The wonderful. first one ever. Mm-hmm. So this is huge news. For those golfers over in France, now he bogeyed 17, missed a really short cut like I do all the time. And then on the uh, par 5 18th, he, he had a really tough shot out of the rough, his third shot, trying to hold off some of the competitors. And his caddy said, lay up. Let's, let's play for par, and then you can try to win it in the playoff. And he said, no way, man. I'm going for it. And he took the biggest swing you've ever seen with a wedge out of the rough. I mean, his feet came off the ground, and it was perfect. Perfect. That had to be the shot of the year so far on the PGA Tour. Went up there about... Uh, seven, eight feet. He drained it for birdie, cashed that check for $1.62 million. He's got his PGA Tour card for a couple of years. He's going to be in all the big events. He's going to be in the majors. I bet he's got a headache this morning. But, yeah, that had to be the shot of the week.
2: Love it. Top 5
1: on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's Sports Station. All right, yeah, that that Kentucky hat, it is a little chilly outside. <laughs> Very cold. <laughs> yeah, I thought about putting my Georgia one on today.
5: Oh, you should have.
1: So you got a big day planned? What's going on with Very our social in the media Social media department?
5: Um, we have a lot of Braves Fest content coming soon, so make sure you follow us at 680 The Fan to stay tuned for all that.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk Braves a little later in the show. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. You too. She is working it, man. Always available. That's the great thing about her. Let's get to the Bulldog beat. The
2: fans got a Georgia Bulldogs national champion on the beat. 25-20, far side like 15-10, get in there, touchdown! This is the Bulldog Beat with Buck Baloo, Presented by Georgia's own credit union and attorney Ken Nugent.
1: All right, going to be five Bulldogs in the Super Bowl. You got three with the 49ers. You got Charlie Warner, his uncle Scott Warner. One of the great competitors I had the honor of playing with. And obviously, this runs in the blood of the Warner family. Because Charlie out there at tight end, he's in there mixing it up, brother. Chris Conley, who we uh, had on the show this year, got to see him at the Georgia Bookstore. He came back from San Fran to uh, sign at the UGA Bookstore prior to one of the Bulldog home games. Conley, one of my favorites, will uh, be in the game, too. And also Robert Beal rookie linebacker what a great first year he's had heading to the super bowl you got two out of kansas city you got miko hardman the fast one you got malik herring a defender who's made his way into the national football league so the streak continues with bulldogs in the super bowl Georgia can have five of them in there this year hey wanted to talk about the running back situation and uh specifically branson robinson who came in and got some playing time as a freshman in 2022. And it looked like he scored a couple of touchdowns in the national championship game against TCU. And boy, he is built like a brick house, brother. And unfortunately, ruptured his patellar tendon in fall camp this past season and missed the entire season. Tough break for Branson Robinson. And now he's on the road back. He's continuing to rehab. Uh, At last check, prior to the Orange Bowl, running back coach saying that Branson was a little bit overweight at that point in time because he had not been able to run yet. I'm I'm thinking since the Orange Bowl now, he started to run a little bit, getting a little bit better shape. Uh, Just go ahead and anticipate that Branson Robinson will not be playing or practicing during spring football practice. And then I'm sure the goal is to give it a go this fall. So holding out hope, we're going to see Branson Robinson back there at running back in the upcoming season. And you look at that Georgia depth chart right now at running back. You got ETN transferring in. Who, uh, from Florida and looks like he's, uh, he's going, to um, I'm just going to go ahead and say, he, it looks like he's going to be the starter. You got Roderick Robinson who was really impressive as a freshman in this previous season. will be back for year number two. I'm guessing he's going to be in even better shape than he was a year ago. More prepared to get some of the load at running back. Andrew Paul is another one that's very impressive. Tough runner. Uh, physical football player. And then you got Uh, My man, Cash Jones. Yes, sir, Cash is a good all-around player. You're seeing him on special teams. Really good receiver out of the backfield. So right now it's looking like those four guys will be getting the the rotational work for Georgia at running back in 2024. But holding out hope, we're going to see Branson Robinson back in there by the time the fall rolls around. Coming back on the other side, it was a big weekend for Braves and Braves fans. Uh, You may have heard all the coverage right here on the official home of the Braves, uh, the Atlanta Braves. That is 680 the fan. And I'm going to discuss topic number one as we get ready to go to spring training with the Atlanta Braves. And we'll do that next. You got the Buck show here on the fan 680 and 93.7.
0: Spring is here and baseball is back.
4: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Got the
1: Buck Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. How's your day going? get a new week start at least the sun's out thank goodness that rain went away i was getting burned out on the rain i be able to get out on that golf course at some point this week bt need to hit that pxg
3: driver a little bit i doubt you're gonna get any roll out there today though we're getting close though buck that that nice little uh cold snap we had seems to be over yeah, so the Braves are going to get back to work here in a
1: couple of weeks. I believe they report pitchers and catchers on Valentine's Day. wonder what their wives and girlfriends think about that. They couldn't do it just one day later. No. Yeah, couldn't they report on the 15th? Snit's wife, I'm sure, understands. We had a big weekend, though, with Braves Fest here in the Battery Atlanta on Saturday. 680 the fan, the home of the Braves. We were all over it. All over it, and Braves fans flocked in here, man. Tough to get a parking spot. I wanted to talk about the number one story heading into spring training. For the
2: latest on the Braves, it's time to go chopping. And that
1: is Max Freed. Play that man, his mind, The ace of our pitching staff over the last three, four years. Max now 30 years young. Man, what I wouldn't give to be 30 again. I've been stuck on thirty nine for a long, long time here. Max freed thirty. Now arbitration, final year of arbitration for Max. He's going to get paid fifteen
3: million dollars in twenty twenty four. Good money if you can get it. Let's say Max was a free agent before this year. What do you think he'd be paying? Getting getting paid? He has the that's the problem, base, professional a problem in baseball. A a discrepancy there, unfortunately. You're under team control for
1: what seems like fifteen years. And so when you finally reach that free agency thing, then like you're 30 and they say, well, you're too old. We can't give you a long-term deal as a starter at 30 years old. And you're saying, well, wait, what? This system is uh, a little bit screwy. Say what? So Max will be a free agent at the end of this season. And he's going to be a free agent. There'll be some other big timers out there with him. Uh, Wheeler will be a free agent. Uh, Bueller will be a free agent. And Garrett Cole will be a free agent along with Max. Max, by the way, one of my favorite Braves players. He is, uh, he's been, he's been fabulous, man. And I'll tell you what I love about him. He is one of the most intense competitors that the Braves have had. And I just love that about players. Where you can look at him and tell, okay, this guy, he's serious about winning. And I'm talking about every time he gets the ball. He's smart. He's got a great plan. Totally motivated. He's determined. He's a great team guy. Totally respected by his teammates. Man, I love Max Fried. And it's got to be disappointing that he's one of the guys without a long-term contract at this point in time. And look, there's been some word on the street that they discussed a deal prior to the 2023 season. Nothing materialized, unfortunately. And then Max was uh, up in front of the media the, uh, Saturday at Braves Fest. And i tell you what... Max Freed showing. He's a classy dude, man. I mean, such a professional with his comments. Talked about how he loves being here, how he's excited about the season, how a lot of this contract thing is out of his control. I mean, he's saying all the right things. Let's hear from Max talking about. They asked him about his future with the Braves. Here's Max Freed.
3: I feel like a lot of that is, you know, it's it's out of my control right now, but the Braves
1: do things a certain way and I know that privacy and
3: more uh having that just kind of be more behind closed doors is the way things are done so I'm gonna I'm gonna respect that
1: yeah Max you can tell being very measured with his words there let's hear from Max he also talked about how much he loves being here I've spent majority of my career with the braves
3: um i spent a couple years with the padres and i got traded over with tommy john and i was 20 years old and you know it's you know looking back at it, it's about 10 years now so this is really all i all i know and um you know the organization's been nothing but supportive to me and i you know fans and the city has really embraced me and I, i really love my time here
1: yeah it'd be a lot of players with a little bit of a bad attitude if you know what i'm saying Hey, I didn't get one of those long-term deals. Show up with a bad attitude. Mouth off to the media. Be a bad dude for a year. That's not Max Freed. He's not going to do any of that. i tell you, and if I was Max, so I'd be a little aggravated with this. And that is apparently the Braves are out there flirting really hard with NOLA, with the Phillies, who also is over 30. NOLA got seven years, $172 million from the Phillies. Let me do the math for you. $24.5 million a year. Strider, uh, now he's a young guy, early 20s. Braves gave him a long-term deal early on in the process. Strider, as I understand it, got a six-year, 175 deal. Uh, market value for Max Freed right now, if you look at Spotrak, market value is six years, $160 million. So $27 million a year. Last three seasons, Max Freed as the go-to guy in this rotation, ERA of 2.71. Now, last season was rough. He had that forearm strain, hamstring strain, Blister problem, only had 14 starts, which I know was frustrating. I'll tell you what else is frustrating, too. You had Freddie Freeman exit in free agency. Couldn't get a deal done with the Braves. Then the next year, we had Dansby Swanson exit in free agency. Couldn't get a deal done. Now, go ahead and brace yourself for Max Freed being the next one out at the end of the upcoming season. But Max is awesome. Love Max Fried. And I know we're going to get his best this season. So let's go out on top, Max. Let's go get us another World Series title. And there's some Braves talk for you today on this January the 29th. We're totally going to be jumping into a lot of Braves talk here in the coming days. Spring training right around the corner. Time for
2: the final word. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers. Keeping Georgia
1: green since 1955. Want to give a shout out to my youngest son, Rhett Ballou. I'm not sure. Rhett's in high school right now. so He's not listening to the show. But I still want to give a shout out to my youngest son. So proud of him on Saturday at the North Metro Invitational. We're talking high school wrestling here. Red at 215 pounds, was the runner-up at Brookwood High School, taking down some highly-rated wrestlers. And he got a big medal after he finished runner-up in the event. And I tell you what, I, was, I wore that medal to Publix last night. I was so proud of Red. Lost in the finals to Brock Hacker from uh, Johns Creek High School that was amazing and i saw hacker last year he's one of the top ranked 215 wrestlers in the country so obviously one of the top in the state and hacker is just amazing but uh rhett so proud of him runner up at the north metro invitational hey man if you're a dad and can't brag on your son then on the radio then i mean shouldn't i be able to get away with a little of that DT. okay all right. Yeah, great job, Brad. Rhett, good job, brother. Keep up the good work. Now get that homework done. Sounds like he lost to a superhero. What'd you oh, say yeah, his name guy was? That was amazing. What was his name again? His name was Brock Hacker. That's that's not Johns a good name. Creek High School. He was amazing. All right, that's gonna do it for me. We got Nick and Chris They're lined up, ready to go. Stay tuned for that here on the fan.
5: Thank you, Buck. consultation.